first, Paul tells us to pay attention to how we walk and don't be foolish. And then he talks about both human and divine submission in a passage that has a well-deserved, difficult reputation, and we are going to jump into that today. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are in episode 162 today, praying through Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 33. But before we do that, before we get to that passage, we're going to open with a bit of worship. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 is what we're using for worship this morning, and it says this, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless." This passage, this short two-verse segment, I want to get away from the submission talk about submission discussion for a moment and talk about what we learn of Christ in this passage and and pray that part of it in in worship. All right, so let's pray. Father, I am I'm grateful for all of scripture, the easy passages and the hard passages. And today, as we walk into this time with this passage that is um, difficult for a lot of us and has been interpreted several different ways. I pray that you would give us your wisdom. Spirit, you are the one that can open our understanding of scripture and I ask you to do that. As we step into this process, I pray that you would give me the words and the thoughts that you want me to say and to keep inside the things that you don't want to be said. You can use all of scripture to teach us, to rebuke us, to guide us, direct us. And I pray that you would do that. We want to sit at your feet and be taught today. So do that for us. Open this scripture to our understanding. Pray that you would use this this time that we have together however you want it to be used so that it would glorify your name. Jesus, you loved the church and you gave yourself for her. I mean, one thing you did was not after the whole resurrection thing, you left. You left these people you love so that spirit, you could come. And I honor you for that today, for that act of divine submission, essentially. And the fact that you so loved the church that you gave yourself for her. You gave yourself for each one of us individually, but also the church in general. And you did that in order to make her holy. You cleansed her with the washing of water by the word. You are living water, Jesus. And you loved us so much. And you lived so perfectly that your death, could put us into a relationship, your sacrifice could put us into a relationship with the Father. That a God could do that, that a God would do that, that you would want to present your church as holy and blameless is awe-inspiring. That you would follow through in personal sacrifice and do that is both inspiring and humbling, but that you are also worthy of being presented a holy and blameless church in splendor, no spots, no wrinkles. This is what you deserve. You deserve the best, holiness, splendor, no spots, no wrinkles, no blemishes. And you were able to accomplish that. I thank you for that this morning. Not only that you were able to accomplish it, but also that you are deserving 
of a worship of an offering that is holy and spotless and blameless. Help us to understand how our lives fit into that plan that you have for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that was the easy stuff, friends. (laughs) Are you ready for the hard stuff? All right, let's get to it. We have Ephesians 5, 15 through 33 today. This is a sticky part of scripture, and I had intended to do some serious study, partly for your benefit, but mostly for my own benefit. This is something that I've been meaning to dig into much more deeply than I have in the past. And I meant to do that before we met today, before this time, but I lost track of time. I did not realize that this was coming up so quickly, and so I didn't get that done. But I realized that that gives me the opportunity to show you how I would pray through a part of scripture, a passage of scripture that I don't know how to interpret, that I don't fully and completely understand, that isn't an obvious instruction or uh, or a very straightforward passage is the only word that comes to mind. And I think that's valuable because there is a lot of scripture that we don't fully understand that um, I wouldn't have the context for if I didn't do some study. And I don't always have time to do that study. And so daily, as we would sit down to do this, there's going to be passages that we run into that we don't get. And so that doesn't mean that we can't pray through them. It doesn't mean that we can't get things from them. It doesn't mean that the Spirit can't open our understanding. So that's what we're going to get an example of today. But let's talk about the, there's a few different approaches to this passage. Um, and, and just so you know what's coming, it's the, it's the one of the passages in scripture about submission, wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving wives. It's, it's that one. So there are a few different approaches to this passage. One is that it supports the idea that the husband is the head or the leader of the home and wives are to always submit to that leadership. This is a traditional interpretation. It follows through some of the language of scripture that usually is used or always is used in kind of an ordering the idea of of one another in an ordered kind of way. It, it follows some of the language usage that indicates that leadership and authority. There's another interpretation that this is all about mutual submission, that we need to submit to each other, that it's not uh, wives only submitting to husbands, but it's that we all are to be submitting to one another. And there's evidence for that in the passage as well. There's also the idea that this is really meant in a sense that we all need to serve one another in a general sense, but in very daily practical ways. So I have to tell you, and I'm, I'm sure there's actually others, those were the three that tend to pop up most frequently. I have to tell you that I don't know the answer to this. I can't give you a, here's the correct interpretation. And in the spiritual season I'm in, personally, I tend to trust the traditional answers less than I might have at one time. But that doesn't mean that we can't read and pray through this text and, and get a lot from it. In a sermon that Charles Spurgeon once wrote, he said, a lack of submission is no new or rare fault in mankind. Ever since the fall, it has been the root of all sin. From the moment when our mother Eve stretched out her hand to pluck the forbidden fruit and her husband joined her in setting up the human will against the divine, the sons of men have universally been guilty of a lack of conformity to the will of God. They choose their own way and will not submit their wills. They think their own thoughts and will not submit their understanding. They love earthly things and will not submit their affections. Man wants to be his own law and his own master. Now, regardless of how we read this passage to come, 
This I know, what Charles Spurgeon just said, is an issue in my life. And I suspect that it's an issue in the human condition. Unless you are perfectly, fully submitted to the will of God at all times, then this is going to apply to you personally. And I think I would approach it with that perspective in mind. So here we go. I'm going to read the whole thing. And then I'm going to take it sentence by sentence. There's a lot in here. Uh, we could spend a really long time praying. So here it is. Ephesians 5, 15 through 33. I'll read it and then I'll pray through it. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, submit your, to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So that's the passage. And yeah, I probably should not. Okay, I'm going to hold back commentary and I'm just going to go to prayer. Father, we come to you with this passage of scripture that some people have always felt is very clear. Some people have felt is less clear. Some people have felt significant hurt and damage from the church through the application of this scripture. And we ask this morning, Spirit, as we go forward in talking to you about it and through it today, that you would open each one of our understandings. Mine, everyone who's listening, everyone who's participating, whether now or in the replay, but that you would speak to their heart about how you would have each one of us apply this to our own lives. You tell us to pay attention, pay careful attention to how we walk, how we live, how we move through this world. It's very easy to get distracted by all of the things that we are presented with in life, whether it's things that we shouldn't be involved in, whether it's things that are good but not best for us, or whether it's just in an attitude of ease or I have plenty of time. Instead, help us to pay careful attention to how we walk so that we aren't living in an unwise, foolish manner, but instead as wise people. Wisdom can be pursued, it can be prayed for, it can be experienced, and it can be learned. And I ask for that today. I ask for your wisdom, not only as we walk through this passage, but just as we walk through life. Help us make the most of our time here. 
the older we get, the more we realize that that time is short. And I, I have this picture in my mind that I'll share with those of you who are praying with me because I'm not sure how to pray it without describing it to you. It's of, a, of my pastor who stood on the stage, a really big uh, church stage once and held up this rope and had somebody walk to the other end of the stage and, and hold that rope uh, all the way across the stage. And the first inch of that rope was painted white, I think, or something like that. And he's like, this is the time that we have here. And this whole length of the rope, which was 50 feet or something like that, like really long, is what eternity can look like or will look like. But what we have here is just this little white piece, and it gives us perspective about using our time. And so that, that little bit that we have here, Father, I want it to be worth something. I want it to be meaningful in the way that you have designed my life to be meaningful, whether that is simply being a mother in my family, a good wife, a good mother, whether that's being a community member, whether that's some kind of leadership in the community or, or whatever else that you call each of us to do, I pray that we would use our time well. Pray that you would give us the wisdom to walk in the way that uses our time well. You tell us not to be foolish, to understand what your will is. Help us to seek after that on a daily basis. I remember someone telling me that who lives in Guatemala, that he wakes up and he prays and asks you what you would have him do that day, and then he does it. It's that simple. And I ask for you to remind us of that as we walk through day after day after day. That is, it is our job to pursue that. Help us to not be reckless in our living, but be filled by your spirit. If that is a new concept for anyone with us, Lord, I ask for your spirit to to fill us. Be with me. Be with those who are here. You promise your presence in our life, and I know that there are things in my, in my world that I have done that have, um, as the scripture says, grieved you, grieved the spirit. And I ask for you to bring those to mind and help me repent so that I can be filled fully with the presence of God. Help me to speak to each, each other, speak to all people with life-giving music, as you say, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making music with my heart to you in a posture of thankfulness. I'll see this more next month, but this guide me into this lifelong posture of thankfulness for all that I have in a way then this, this sentence that leads into the next passage, this submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. You are, and I, I, should, I meant to say this earlier, you are worthy of our fear in a way that is not necessarily meaning scared of your wrath because we are now children of the light, but aware of your holiness and your awesomeness in a way that isn't like the cultural way we throw that word around. We say everything is awesome, but you are awe-inspiring. We should be filled with awe in your presence. You are above us. You are so much bigger than us. You are beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension, and you deserve a righteous fear of the Lord. Out of that awareness of our um, position, Maybe isn't the word that I'm looking for, but I can't find the word I want. But out of the awareness of your holiness, help us live with each other in a mutually submissive way. To be more concerned with the well-being of others than of our own status, of our own power, of our own authority. 
Help us to serve one another in love, in all the ways that you call us to, whether it's comfortable or not. And as we go forward and we look at this idea of how we can submit to our spouses, that's not always comfortable either. I pray that out of this holy fear of God, that we would be learners in this process. How do we submit to each other in intimate relationship? How do we submit to each other in a day-to-day, walking-around, acquaintances kind of relationships? What ways do you call us to submit today? And how am I not submitting to you? That makes me think of those three ways that Spurgeon said, forgive me for choosing my own way and not submitting my will to you. Forgive me for choosing my own thoughts and not submitting my understanding to you. Forgive me for choosing my own loves of things that are here on earth and not just things and and definitely objects, but not just objects, my comfort or my pride or my status or whatever those things are. Forgive me for choosing those earthly things above you and not submitting my affections to you. Teach me what submission looks like and how you would have me do so. The fact that you came, Jesus, and submitted to unfair, unbelievable levels of pain in order to work the will of the Father, submitting yourself unto death, another passage says, is both and uh, inspiring isn't the word I want, but an example to us that submission isn't fair and it's not easy all the time. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. So teach us what that looks like in each one of our situations while respecting that you have created us in your image with the dignity and the value. This isn't a value question, I guess is what I'm saying. And teach us the relationship between submission and our own value what relationship should be there, what relationship shouldn't be there. Those of us who are married and who are in a spousal relationship, I pray that you would teach us to submit appropriately and love appropriately. I mean, I know you tell wives to submit to our husbands, and I believe that that's not simply metaphorical and simply meant to serve. You tell husbands to love your wives more than themselves, and that is sacrificial as Christ was sacrificial. If we actually did those things, if both parties actually were living that way, then this would be a mutually beneficial arrangement. But it falls apart because we're human. And I pray that you would teach us to take those steps of what that's supposed to look like in our own lives. Teach us how to walk this in a way that is appropriate in our situations. As we think about this and pursue this idea. And don't shy away from it because it's uncomfortable. Pray that you would teach us, that you would bring us to resources that you trust, not that our culture trusts or that the world trusts, but resources that you trust. Pray that we would, when we find these things in scripture that we don't understand, that we, that we aren't comfortable with, or that we find hard to understand, I pray that you would be our teacher. I pray that you would lead us into the ways that we need to grow up and mature in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me, friends. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you engaging in this prayer 
with me as active participants. We'll be back again on Monday. We'll be moving into chapter six. It will be the last week of this book because Ephesians has six chapters. And if you're a podcast listener, I appreciate you being with me in that format and sharing it with a sh- sharing the show with a friend will help more people join us in prayer. We are brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, and my heart is that as we do this, that we will grow in our prayer lives, that we will grow in how we um, approach the Word and our conversations. But most of all, I pray that we would fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.